Uh, I've titled this message tonight, Righteousness Versus Wickedness. Righteousness Versus Wickedness. And we're going to do a verse-by-verse study in Psalms chapter 1 tonight. We're going to look at each and every verse here. Uh, Psalms is a book of wisdom. If you desire to have a life that is pleasing to God, and you desire to avoid unnecessary hardships, not that you will avoid all hardships, but you can avoid many unnecessary hardships if you have more wisdom. Uh, And that's what you find in the book of Psalms. The more wisdom we possess, the better our life can be. Uh, The more pleasing to God we can be, and the less likely we will be to make mistakes along the way. I'm thankful that God decided to share some of his wisdom with us in this book. Uh, I love the book of wisdoms, uh, the books of wisdom, uh, like Psalms and Proverbs. Uh, There's a lot of good things we can get out of these. We should be uh, in these books sometime throughout the year, at least each year, I think, uh, because we can always gain more wisdom. Uh, So let's see what we can find here in Psalms chapter 1. I trust that you're there, so I'm going to read this whole chapter for us. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, So uh, Psalms chapter 1 here, and and we're just looking at God's wisdom. And the first thing I see in verse 1 there is where to walk. Where to walk. Uh, With this passage uh, this whole passage, and, and specifically verse 1 here, I see two paths that we can go on. It's like we're on a hike in the woods. Uh, whether you like to hike or not, I don't know. I kind of like being out in the woods, but I'm not so much of a uh, hiker. I, I kind of leisurely walk along and notice every little leaf on the way. Uh, I like to take my time. Uh, I don't like to run or anything like that. Uh, but if you're hiking in the woods and you come to a fork in the road, that's what we have here in uh, verse 1 of Psalms here. Uh, we have to make a decision on which side of this fork are we going to go on. Uh, we're going to look at the two paths that are before us now, and then hopefully we can make a wise decision on which path we will go on. So option one we have here is to walk with the ungodly, the sinners, and the scornful. Uh, so first we could walk with the ungodly. We're going to take a look at each one of these quickly here tonight. We could walk with the ungodly. Now this is not just a Christian that isn't living right. That's not what we're talking about here. This is someone that has completely decided to live without God, to be ungodly without God at all. Uh, The root word here means to be concretely uh, condemned and to continue to live a life of wickedness. Uh, These kinds of people will not be convicted that that they have done something wrong or that they need God. Now, uh, I've been... Uh, trying to be very active in sharing the gospel and Bible verses online. And and with that, there's a lot of great things. Uh, I see a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, praising God and and different things like that. A lot of people sharing it to try to reach more people. And that's awesome. I love that. Uh, But every once in a while, you get someone on there who's just not a believer. 
And uh, I had a guy uh, recently, uh, you know, just try to tell me how I was wrong. I didn't, you know, there is no God, all these kind of things. And so I try to uh, tell this guy, you know, I try to show him through the Bible, you know, there is a creator of the universe. How do you look at the world and not realize? How do you look at the stars and not realize someone put those there and that someone is God? Uh, So there are people that are completely without God, that choose that they don't want to know anything about God. Now, this verse here uh, in Psalms 1 is not saying that we have to stay a thousand feet away from these people. It's, uh, this verse is not saying to completely ignore them. That was an option I had when this guy put a comment on my post. I could have just ignored it. I could have deleted it because it was my post. I had that ability. Uh, it, it's not saying to never talk to them or to never tell them about Jesus. Uh, I, I took the opportunity to tell that guy uh, a little bit about my God and why I believe in God. Uh, we need to tell everyone about salvation. Uh, and we need to tell them about Jesus and how that salvation is only possible through Jesus. Uh, there's no exception to this. Jesus told his followers to go into all the world. That's everyone. That, that's every place, every person, uh, whether they are ungodly or not. Uh, so this guy online, I, I'm told that I'm supposed to tell him about Jesus. Uh, th- there is not one wrong person that we could witness to, even if they're already saved and ain't going to hurt anything, to hear a little bit more about Jesus. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to be witness to. It, it hasn't happened, uh, you know, but I would be okay with it. Um, but there's not a wrong person we could witness to. The gospel is for all. It's for everyone, even people... Uh, you know, that are just completely against God and, and don't want to have nothing to do that uh, with God. That We need a witness to even them. So the first option here in righteousness versus wickedness, these are our two paths we can go on here. Uh, so the first option on the path of wickedness is to walk with the ungodly, people who choose to be completely without God in their life. We could also walk with the sinners. Now, this doesn't mean if someone sins, we should not walk with them because we'd all be very alone. Uh, we all sin. Uh, th- what this means is someone who chooses to continue to sin and they have no desire to do anything about it, no desire to make it right, no desire to ever change. Uh, sinners in this verse means someone who is guilty and an offender and has no desire to change it at all. Now, again, this uh, does not mean that we're not to witness to these people. Uh, but it does mean that we shouldn't be best friends with them. They shouldn't be our buddies. We shouldn't hang out with these kind of people all the time because God makes it very clear uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are to live separately from people that are ungodly, from people that are living a life of wickedness, from sinful lifestyles. We're supposed to be separate from all of that. Uh, and, and the argument I hear to, to that all the time is that Jesus went and sat with sinners. And that's true. I fully agree with you on that point. Jesus did go sit with sinners, but that was for the sole purpose of showing them the truth, uh, to show them the way to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Uh, that is why Jesus went to them. Uh, we need to be willing to show uh, these people, even sinners, uh, we need to be willing to show them Jesus. But we do need to be careful to still be separate from them. Uh, We should live separately from people that are willingly living in sin. But we can still try to reach them uh, with the gospel, with the Bible, uh, with the truth. We could walk with the ungodly. We could walk with the sinners. 
or we could sit with the scornful. Uh, a scorner is someone that mocks, someone that tries to create division. Uh, this would be also called a scoffer. Uh, really, basically, it's kind of a troublemaker, uh, the kind of kid that you probably don't want to hang around with in school because you end up being in trouble all the time. Uh, this part of this verse is saying that someone has the option to sit around with someone like this. Uh, we're talking about sitting with them, not just watching them from a distance. Uh, and that would be bad enough, but to actually sit with them, you're basically joining them is what it's saying. Uh, honestly, I think uh, that the, the scornful, the, the, the scorner, the scoffer, I, I think that kind of lifestyle is very, very sad. I feel bad for those kind of people. They're, they're never happy. Uh, they, they never see the good. Even when something good happens, they find the negative. They could be, you know, they used to do that hundredth customer. You get something free kind of thing in stores. And they could be that hundredth customer and they get all their groceries free, right? And they would say, well, I'm going to have to pay for them next time, though. You know, they're just going to find something negative. Or they'll just think, well, I only bought five things, you know, kind of thing. You know, they'll find it. Instead of saying, praise God, I got something free. You know, they're just going to find the negative. Uh, these kind of people always find the negative. They try to convince everyone that will listen to them that things are just bad. Uh, not only do I feel bad for these kind of people, I really don't like being around them. I have a hard time listening uh, to people that complain all the time. I, I get you had a bad day. I'll listen to that. That's no problem. But I'm talking about people that just in everything, there's always something bad. Uh, I don't like others, other people being around them either because it's, it's infectious. It's, it's like a very negative, sad infection. And when you're around that, it just attaches to you. Uh, and it takes your eyes off of Jesus is what it really does. Put your eyes on this, this ugly world that we're living in. And yeah, we can find bad in anything if we really want to. Uh, but it takes our eyes off of Jesus and puts it on the world. So let's avoid being like that, first of all. Let's not be the scoffer, but also let's avoid sitting with the scoffer. Uh, let's, let's just avoid them altogether. So option one is to walk with the, uh, the ungodly, walk with the sinner, or sit with the scornful. Option two is to walk not with these three type of people. It says, blessed is a man that walketh not with these three type of people. Uh, like I said, there are two options in this verse. We can choose to walk with and sit with these three people, or we can choose the other path, the path of righteousness. Uh, we can choose the path that keeps our eyes on Jesus, the path that is filled with people that will help us when we stumble and fall, the path that has uh, teachers and preachers of God's word and the ways of God that will help us uh, even maybe if we're not right with God, they'll help us uh, fix issues in our life, help us lead us in the truth that is found in God's word, help us to be more like Christ. Uh, this verse says we will be blessed if we choose the path, the, the right path, the path that leads in righteousness. Verse 1 says we'll be blessed if we do not walk that path of ungodly and sinner and scornful. Uh, let's go down the path that pleases God and allows us to bless God. Uh, the first chapter of Psalms, uh, in, in my opinion, it's kind of like MapQuest. Anybody remember MapQuest? Yeah, yeah, I had lots of fun with MapQuest. Uh, I think it came out when I was like 11-ish, and I was always the navigator in the car. My dad would give me the map, and I would you know, follow. I just like doing it, I think. I don't know if that I was the best or anything. I just kind of like doing it. And so when MapQuest came out, we could fold up that big old map, 
put it away and just have this piece of paper, right? And it tells you everything uh, to do. And it was really fun to find out if you really ended up where you wanted to be, you know, at the end. Because, you know, MapQuest was just very questionable at times. And, uh, you know, if you didn't follow it just right, you didn't get there. Uh, maybe it just didn't even lead you to the right place at all. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. I remember using MapQuest. Uh, probably, I didn't have a smartphone till I was probably in my younger 20s. So I used MapQuest for a while there. Uh, but we have directions in, in Psalms here for us, directions for our life. But unlike MapQuest, you can trust these directions. There's no issues like we had with MapQuest where it just, you know, gave you the wrong place when you ended up in the wrong area or told you the wrong uh, highway number on there. That doesn't happen in the Bible. This is all truth. This is all real. It's all right. Amen. We can follow it. We, if we follow it correctly, which that was another issue with MapQuest. You know, there'd be like 38 steps to get to where you needed to go, right? And so you got step one and step two. Those are easy. You're just pulling out of your driveway down the road. And you get down to like step like eight and you're kind of getting away from where you know. Man, if you, if you miss step nine, forget the rest of the steps. They didn't matter. You couldn't find step ten if you missed step nine. It was just, it was, I remember, um, I got lost in Twinsburg once and I had direction. I don't think it was MapQuest. I think it was directions written on a, on a piece of paper. And, uh, I was supposed to be in Stowe. But I was in Twinsburg, so you know I was nowhere near where I was supposed to be. And I think what happened is, you know, the directions, you know, after I followed it for a while, the next direction was, you know, take a left on whatever road it was. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And uh, so I'm looking and I'm driving and driving and, and these roads are going by. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not. I didn't realize I passed it like 15 miles ago. <laughs> and I just, I just kept going and going and going and, and, you know, the, None of, I couldn't find the rest of the directions because I missed a step, you know. And that ended up being a terrible trip. Uh, I, I ended up pulling over and asking, you know, hey, where's this road? Thinking it was around there. And no, I've never heard of that road. So <laughs> that's how far off I was. And uh, so I ended up turning around. I got uh, hit on the side and my car got totaled. I got stranded in Twinsburg. I had to wait for a ride. Yeah, because I missed a step, you know, <laughs> because if I would have if I would have seen that road and turned where I was supposed to. Now, the point of all that is to say that we need to follow directions correctly. If we follow the Bible, if we follow the wisdom and Psalms correctly, we will end up closer to God. Uh, we won't end up stranded in Twinsburg, right? We'll, we'll end up closer to God and we'll end up being more pleasing to God. So the first verse here, Psalms 1-1, it tells us where to walk. Now, verse 2 tells us what to love, what to love. Look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Uh, what to love. We're supposed to love the word of God, delight ourselves in the word of God. We're talking about loving the word of God. Uh, delight means to take pleasure in, to desire, and to value. How often do we treat the word of God as something with little value? Uh, if we really, truly desire the Word of God, if we really, truly valued the Word of God, we wouldn't wait two days or three days or four or five or six days to get into the Word of God. Uh, now, I, I don't mean uh, reading the verse of the day, you know, on your app, it pops up, or you're scrolling through Facebook and you see one of my million posts of Bible verses and you read that. That's not what I'm talking about, although that's good. It won't hurt. Uh, but what I'm talking about is getting into the Word of God, actually searching it for God's message for you for that day. We need to truly 
desire the Word of God. Uh, I, I love chocolate. I, I desire chocolate, especially if there's some peanut butter involved somewhere in there. That is perfect. I had a Reese right before church. It was great. Uh, I desire chocolate. If a day goes by that I didn't get chocolate, I mean, it's, it's a terrible day. Well, what was it even worth living if I didn't get my piece of chocolate? I mean, I should have just stayed in bed all day. Uh, that's how we should feel with the Bible. Uh, we should feel if we go to bed at night and we haven't found what God's message was for us in his word that day, we should feel like, what was the point of this day? You know, why did we even spend all this time doing all these other things when we didn't even get God's message for us today? That's how much we should value the word of God. That's how much we should love it. We should be to where we can't even go one day without it. We should be thinking about the word of God all the time. Sometimes we treat the word of God of little value, uh, not because we don't spend time in it, but it's just our attitude towards it sometimes. Uh, sometimes uh, we might groan when thinking about having to read the Bible. You know, I have to read my chapter today. Or if you're trying to read through in one year, you know, it's usually about four chapters a day. And you're just thinking, man, it's starting to get late. I'm tired. You know, all those kind of things uh, that, that happens, you know, when when you get busy and you just get that attitude in you. Uh, sometimes we might be thinking about other things while we're reading the Word of God. We, You know, sometimes... You get, you're trying to read a few chapters and you get to your like second or third chapter and you stop for a second and you think, oops, I was thinking about my grocery list. What did I just read? You know, that kind of thing. That's treating it with little value. Uh, we value some of the things that we think of during those times. Uh, and now that's all a process. I've gotten to where I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I better go back three verses because I, I'm not paying attention to what I'm reading. It happens. Uh, but we should value the word of God. Do we really delight in the Word of God? Do we desire it? Do we feel like we can't go even one day without it? Uh, do we focus on it completely when we open our Bible? So we're still looking at righteousness versus wickedness here. Uh, what better way to go down the path of righteousness and at the same time avoid that path of wickedness? What better way to do that than to get into the Word of God? Amen. Uh, we can open our Bible, and we can read it anytime we want. Most of us probably have the Bible on our phone. I have a couple different Bible apps on my phone. i, I got lots of Bible. There you go, Bible right there. So I, I like Bible. i got Bible dictionaries. i got all kinds of... i got a Bible concordance on my phone. Uh, i got the Bible with me everywhere. Now, the, the, the physical Bible is awesome, too. I'm not trying to just promote Bible apps. I just think it's great that you always have it with you. Uh, but I love reading the physical Bible. I can... I can close my eyes and think of when I've read different chapters and I can see the words on the page sometimes. It's just the physical Bible is just different than scrolling on your phone. It just feels different. It's just more special. Uh, but we, we either way, we can open our Bible anytime we want. We can listen to preaching 24 hours a day. There are. Uh, you know, YouTube, you can go on there and, and listen to preaching. There's podcasts. Uh, the radio has preaching on all the time. Uh, now, obviously, you've got to be very careful who you listen to. I, I would want you to be very specific on who you listen to. Don't just listen to anything because you don't know. Uh, but uh, and if you're wondering, the church has a podcast, and you can listen to messages that were preached here, and you'll know they're good, not because we preached them, but because they came from the Bible. And so, you know, if it's coming from the Word of God, you know it's good. Amen. I said something to uh, Tim Clink Sunday morning. I, I just said, hey, thank you for coming out and teaching for us this morning. I said, it, 
it's a blessing to me because it took a little bit off of my shoulders. Uh, and also I told him that, you know, I like his teaching and preaching, not just because he's a good speaker and because he's interesting, uh, but because I can trust what he says. And he's, he said it's not because of me. He said it's because everything I said is, say it, uh, comes from the Bible. Uh, so he, he, say, he said it comes from the Bible. We can trust it. Uh, so we can open our Bible anytime and read it. We can listen to preaching anytime we want. Uh, we can attend church four times a week. Four times? Four? Anybody listening on, online? Four times a week we're on here. Uh, so, you know, that's Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday. That's four hours. Uh, well, you know, message is about 40 minutes each. So however many minutes of preaching that is, that's, that's some good preaching. You can get closer to God. Uh, during that time, uh, we can also spend our own private Bible study times, which is very valuable in our devotion time with God. All of that will get us in the word more. All of that will point us to the word of God. Uh, we won't ever preach a message here where we don't open up the Bible. If we do that, you need to say something because that's not right. We always will preach from the Bible. We need to get in our word of God so that we can go down the path of righteousness. Uh, so uh, we're talking about loving the word of God. Do we meditate in the Word of God. Now, meditate here means to ponder, to think on, to consider, to utter, uh, to speak about, and to study. It means all of that. It's, it's kind of a big word. It means a lot of things there. Uh, do we just read the Bible or do we just listen to a message preached, which again is good, but do we really meditate on the Word of God? Uh, now, I once heard, a, this is a little bit gross thinking, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I once heard a preacher said it's like a cow chewing its cud. That's what meditating on the Word of God is. Uh, so that cow takes a bite of grass, right? And their teeth just grinds on it and grinds on it and grinds on it and grinds on it. And then what do they do? They swallow it, right? Well, if you know a cow, what do they do next? They bring it back up, right? And then they grind on it and grind on it and grind on it and grind on it again. So that's what meditating is. We need to uh, take a bite of God's Word and we need to chew on it for hours and hours and hours, thinking about it, contemplating it, pondering it, trying to figure out what God's saying, who God's talking to, what God desires, how it applies to us today. And then we must swallow it. Now, I, I liken that to believing it. We take it in. We accept it, what God is saying. But then we can't just forget about it. We can't just swallow it and, and leave it and forget about it. The Bible says to you know, hide his word in our heart. Well, that doesn't mean throw it in a treasure chest, lock it, throw away the key and never open it again. That's... Not the point. Uh, we got to bring it back up again. And we got to chew on it some more until it's cemented in our lives and in our mind and in our heart and we live by it better that way. Uh, that's what meditating on the Word of God really is. Not just reading it. You're, you're doing a whole lot more than that. So it's, Psalms teaches us where to walk, teaches us what to love. Now in verse 3 we see where to live. Look at verse 3 there. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. Uh, we need to uh, live by the water if we want spiritual nutrition, that is. Uh, if we want to be pleasing in the eyes of God and we want to live a good Christ-like life, then we will want to plant ourselves by the water. Now, John chapter 4 tells us that Jesus is our living water. Uh, there may be some listening that don't know that Jesus uh, can be their Savior. They don't know Jesus on a personal level. level uh, like the woman at the well that Jesus was talking to in John chapter 4. 
Uh, if you, if that's you, if you need Jesus, believe him now. Accept Jesus now, and he will be your living water. Uh, us who already know Jesus as our personal Savior, we have already come to Jesus. But after coming to Jesus, we need to stay there. We don't just get our cup of living water and walk away and never go back. We need to stay there. We need to live there. We need to plant ourselves in this living water. Uh, we need to live in Jesus. We need to walk in Jesus. Everything we do should be with Jesus. Uh, this goes back to being in the Word of God. We'll find Jesus in the Word of God. Uh, we need to spend time in prayer because Jesus is there too. We need to come to the house of God because Jesus is here with us, wanting to meet with us. Uh, Jesus wants to sit here with us and speak to us through the message and through his word and through the songs we sing. Uh, us Christians need to be planted by this river of water. Uh, then, once we're planted there, once we get there, we need to dig our roots in deep. Uh, the strongest and toughest and longest lasting trees have deep, deep roots. Uh, trees with shallow roots uh, they don't make it through the tough times. They'll do all right for many, many years, but when the tough times come, those shallow root trees, they don't do very good. They dry out. They become diseased. They get weak and feeble. We need to be like these uh, trees in verse 3 here. We need to plant ourselves in the things of God, and we need to dig our roots down deep so that nothing the world has to throw at us could ever dry us out. Uh, this third verse also says that his leaf, also shall not wither. We can't afford to wither. Uh, we need these deep roots in the living water, in Jesus, in God's word, so that we can't wither. Uh, if we do this, if we plant ourselves by the living water, we dig ourselves deep, deep roots, uh, then we will flourish. Verse 3 says uh, that we'll bring forth his fruit in his season. Uh, God wants to look at us and see very fruitful people. God wants to look at us and see just is so much fruit, so much fruit. Uh, we need to be so fruitful uh, th that God will be able to use us. Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 6. And he spake also this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig it about and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So, you know, we have this tree here and it's not bearing fruit. Uh, but that, you know, this isn't saying that if you don't bear fruit, you're thrown out of the family of God. We're not talking about salvation here. We know that no man, no one can pluck you out of God's hand. No one can take you out of the family of God. We're not talking about losing salvation. What this means is if you're not bearing fruit, then God is not pleased with you. Uh, if you're not bearing fruit, then God cannot use you. Uh, if you're not bearing fruit, God will have to put you aside, put you on the shelf, and use someone else that is bearing fruit. But thankfully, if you're not bearing fruit, there is a chance. God will give you a chance. This barren tree didn't produce fruit for three whole years. Uh, it was about to be cut down. I think of our apple trees in our backyard. How many years did we not get apples? And then last year, we got a whole bunch of apples, you know? So there was a chance. I gave them a chance. I was being very biblical about it, you know? I gave them years. 
Uh, but the, the dresser of the vineyard here in this parable said, stop. Let's give it one more chance. Let's see if we give it a little bit more nutrients here. It might bear some fruit. And there's a chance. So even if you're not bearing fruit now, if you let God, he can help you bear fruit. And he can use you then. And you can be better pleasing to God. Uh, verse 3 says that we'll prosper. Verse 3 of Psalms says we will prosper. The more we are in the word of God, the more we love the word of God, the more we can prosper in the things that God planned for us. The more we do these things uh, of, of God, the more we will prosper. Uh, God wants to bless us. And this first chapter of Psalms starts off with a blessing. Uh, this blessing is conditional, though. We must must choose the path of righteousness We must choose to love the Bible. We must choose the things of God. The things we do, uh, the more we do these things, God will be able to help us prosper in our lives as we dedicate ourselves to him. Uh, Psalms teaches us where to walk, what to love, where to live. And then in verse 4, and I'll try to hurry so that we don't take too long here. uh, Verse 4 says, uh, tells us where not to live. Verse 4 says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. We see in this verse what happens when we live a life where we should not be living. And if we walk where we should not walk. And if we love what we should not love. Uh, This verse starts off with the phrase, the ungodly are not so. This is a direct comparison to the previous verse. The verse before talks about flourishing and prospering. And verse 4 is the direct opposite of that flourishing and prospering. The ungodly are not going to flourish. They're not going to prosper. The ungodly are going to wither up. They're going to dry up. They're not going to produce any fruit. Uh, This verse says the ungodly are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The chaff is that useless dry layer that is taken out uh, from the useful grain during the winnowing process. Uh, That's when they would take the grains, they laid on the floor, usually in some type of barn, so it was like a long uh, alleyway or whatever. And they would take rakes and they'd beat the grain on the ground, rake it up and beat it and rake it up and beat it. And then they take this fork, a winnowing fork, and they throw it in the air. And because they're in that long, narrow uh, barn, the wind would come through and it would blow all of that uh, chaff away, that useless stuff would just get blown away. But what happens to the grain? The wind doesn't do anything to it. That grain just falls right to the ground, right where it's supposed to go. Uh, this is what the ungodly are compared to that chaff that blew away, that useless stuff that blew away in the wind. Now, what causes that? Life choices that are not pleasing to God will cause cause a dry, useless, and fruitless life. Uh, this verse is not a very pleasing verse. Uh, this verse is not a joyful or happy verse. But it is a verse of love, though. And what I mean is, True love warns someone when they're headed into a disaster, right? And true love corrects someone when they're wrong uh, or wants the best for someone. That is what this verse is doing. God is telling us, if you don't choose the path that leads to righteousness and stay on that path, then you will be unfruitful and you will be no use to God at that point. Uh, God put this verse in here as a warning light. It's like a check engine light or a low oil light on your car. Uh, we need to check on what we are doing and see if we are on the right path uh, or if we are straying away from that path of righteousness a little bit. Uh, we've seen tonight where to walk, what to love, where to live, where not to live. Now in verse 5 we see the outcome of choosing the path of wickedness. Look at verse 5. 
Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, we see two consequences for choosing the path of wickedness. First is not standing in the day of judgment. If you choose the path of wickedness, if you choose the path of uh, if you don't choose the path of righteousness, then you will not be able to stand in the final judgment. Uh, there will be a judgment day. It is coming, and I believe very, very soon. Uh, everyone will be standing before God. Revelation says there will be books open, and if your name is not written in the book of life, you'll be judged and cast into the lake of fire. Now, the only way to get your name in that book of life is to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Uh, this really truly is the real fork in the road of life. You have the option to choose the path of righteousness, and the only way to get on that path is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and put your complete faith in Him. Uh, this will put your name in the book of life, and it will remain there forever. If you don't choose Jesus and the path of righteousness, then you are choosing the path of wickedness, and this will lead you into the lake of fire. But it doesn't have to happen, though, if you choose Jesus. Amen. Uh, the second consequence of choosing the path of wickedness is complete separation. This fifth verse tells us that those uh, that are on the path of wickedness will not sit with those who are righteous through Jesus Christ. Uh, this is an eternal separation. God is very serious about separation and about sin. And wickedness will one day be eternally separated with uh, all of the wicked being thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, this final verse in Psalms chapter 1 gives us hope, though. Uh, something we can lean on when we need some help or encouragement. Verse 6 tells us that God knows. Look at verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God knows the path of righteousness. We talked about... Uh, you know, MapQuest earlier tonight, God is way better than MapQuest or, or any of the most up-to-date GPS you could have on your phone. God knows the path of righteousness because God is righteousness. Uh, why would we not follow the one that knows the way? Uh, we, we've been on lots of trips where we go into the caves, you know, the Ohio caverns. We did Pennsylvania. I think we did some somewhere else. Apparently, we like to do that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, they go down there and you're in this. And the one in Pennsylvania was kind of cool because there was like a lot of different paths that you weren't allowed to go on, which looked really cool. Uh, probably weren't safe or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you had to follow the person, the guide, the leader there that knew the path, that had been on it many, many times, had it memorized, probably could do it in their sleep. If you follow them, then you'll make it out okay. Uh, if you just decide to do your own thing, who knows where you end up. There was... Uh, parts where they, you know, it drops off like a hundred feet or whatever, you know, just out of nowhere. Uh, so God knows the way of righteousness. Why would we not follow the one that knows the way? But God also knows the end of the wicked. Uh, we already spent some time on that tonight. God telling us, uh, again, what happens at the end of the path of wickedness. It leads to an eternal burning in the lake of fire. The path of wickedness will cause you to perish. Uh, all those that follow the path of wickedness will perish. We have a choice in front of us. Uh, the choice is the path of righteousness and try to stay on that path of righteousness and not stray away. Or we could go on the path of wickedness. We can make a good choice. Psalms chapter 1 is in the Bible to tell us that we can choose a life that is pleasing to God. Uh, we can 
Uh, Psalms chapter 1 is here to tell us that we can have a good outcome in our life if we stay close to God. So let's choose the path of righteousness. Let's choose to follow the one that knows the way. Uh, let's choose to walk with Jesus and choose to love the word of God and choose to live at that living water. Amen. If we do this, we will be fruitful. Amen. We'll be usable to God. And the best part is, at least I think so, we'll be pleasing to God. Amen. Uh, let's pray.